Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Dan O'Shea. Hi, Jim Fannin. What the hell's going on, brother? Thanks for making the time. I've been chasing you for a while. I appreciate it. You got some downtime with the business or what? This is almost exactly like the setup at 610. <laughs> there, there is some... Stop advertising some, for some, terrestrial radio. There is some... <laughs> it's almost like Odd uh, pictures on the wall. It looks like there's some tea towels. <laughs> this is what I came for. The true <laughs> Monogram tea towels. Some monogram tea towels. Uh, yes, I, I'm... Oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm off the road now for... Uh, for a little bit, yes. I always call it uh, my well. Back in the day, when my before, man, you guys are blowing up now. But back in the day, I used to call it, you know, hibernation. My son, the hurricanes, my great uh, mm. hibernation, because there was a time there where you went away from September to kind of March. Certainly, certainly. And now it's uh, maybe I don't see the guys as much between December and March, but uh, my work is ongoing. Is, it's, it's very ongoing so yeah i'm just uh, you know i just set up shop and i do you know i mean i do full-time agent work so we're talking eight to ten hours a day you can't really uh keep regular hours with that sort of thing okay so let's hit mice on the hurricane first and then we'll get into vegas funeral records and sure. i want to really go a deep dive into the axe and then uh, you've been, I don't know, do you get acknowledged for the inspiration that you are often, especially when it comes to the mentorship or uh, or the coaching and sobriety or your vulnerability and talking about, you know, you cleaning up your life and going sober? Uh, I don't know. I think that, you know, uh, a lot of times people know because, you know, Hurricane has sort of been a band for about 10 years, but uh, in most uh, people's eyes, it's about three years old. And when people ask, you know, what was the change, I would say, well, there's a few things. You know, we had a big personnel change. And, uh, you know, we obviously brought in Sylvie, and we, we lost some members, and we brought in some, some great players. And we made a big financial commitment. Vegas Funeral started, and uh, and I got I got clean and sober, which, you know, uh, if you ask the guys what the band was like back then, it was, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big party. And uh, it's very far from that now. Now I'm in the what I call the law and order room, the room where we watch law and order. Then we go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) A buddy of mine, when he got sober and he struggled with it a few times, fell off a few times. But uh, the the first one he kicked and the biggest problem for him was alcohol. So he played around and he I think he became an occasional abuser rather than a a perpetual alcoholic. And, Mm. and, you know, uh, but he said to me. Uh, that since his sobriety, he called himself Mr. Available. And when you talk about his availability, one, when he was boozed up, and then two, when he had to recover from the booze, he was Mr. Unavailable. So the, the opportunity that he lost, the sobriety gave him this moniker of Mr. Available. I can do it anytime. I'm not subject to the effects of alcohol. Yeah, the recovery, and I used to call it the pursuit. And now, I don't know if you remember, back in the old days when you were on... <laughs> The station that shall not be named. Uh, I used to come in. I used to bring beer with me. So this time I brought myself a non-alcoholic. Grosh. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, drinking lawnmower clippings. <laughs> but if you can. Bex is better. Yeah. If you can just get past. I, I've made my peace with what they taste like. And I have told myself that I now enjoy them. <laughs> so we're sticking with that story. 
I uh, enjoy them as well. Um, well, not all of them, but I realized that when I quit drinking, and currently I am drinking, uh, I, again, I tend to be the guy that's uh, the occasional abuser. So, uh, but now that I've cut, and then, so the occasional abuser turns into the more often abuser, then you're drinking every day, but... Um, when I quit beer or alcohol, I would often chug non-alcoholic beer just the way I, you know, I don't, I love the taste of beer, and I didn't, you know, I'm just, I down them like they're, like I'm thirsty, like it's quenching a thirst or something like that. And when I go into that mode, even the non-alcoholic beers get crushed, like three sips to a beer type of thing. Yeah, and I definitely understand that, but they also make you feel bloated and like hell. So that's right. helpful. And, and to answer the question that was five minutes ago. No, I don't think I often get, uh, you know, noted for that sort of thing. Mm. But, you know, um, mentorship, whether it be like sobriety or whether it be like, you know, young bands, I think it's important to me. Like I do I do charge people to like consult. But, uh, you know, I the amount of questions I deal with on a regular basis, like I always tell people that if you, you know, have one meeting with me, you've entered into a lifelong correspondence and it's because I'm always checking in, and I try to because I know that this is a brutal field, man. It is a brutal field, and if you don't know where to start, it's very hard. And even if you do know where to start, it's exceptionally hard. And, you know, as someone who started a band that makes no sense, like absolutely no sense, on paper, and, you know, I would go into these big meetings with these, you know, big agencies and they would just set me straight and they would tell me what I needed to do. And I love that. You know, I wasn't the kind of guy who took that personally. I just wanted to know, you know, what I was doing wrong. So, yeah, that's so the answer is, you know, I'm I'm happy to mentor, even if that's not a, uh, you know, it's not on my business card. Yeah, I just wonder because uh, many of the musicians that I hang with and, and then started to become good friends and G's running the board today, watching the levels as well, you know, talks about impact of a, sometimes a very casual or a very um, directly uh, like a conversation that you either seek out or maybe it just happens one day. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember seeing you in front of my office one day and go, hey, and getting caught up and just, you know, I was inspired and triggered by your just sharing what you've been up to. I'm like, wow, it stuck with me. And then, you know, you've got the heart or the brains are both to say, Good luck today, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm like, Dano? Like, seriously? He says, well, I got this weird thing. I remember football, people's football fans, you know, who their fans yeah, right. are. That's right, that's, that's that right. That was so cool to me. Like, here right. I am, I'm just geeked all day. My team is going to the biggest show on earth for the first – Well, not well the first I do time. I do think we, we once on the radio – half watched a football game while doing an interview so yeah you were my, one of my first guests i think i had you in with uh was jesse reed there uh i know we interviewed jesse reed and sarah Beatty once yeah 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 and that was, that was Wayne Wright on the phone once i think uh what's the kid from secord's name billy uh, sadler billy sadler was on yeah i haven't seen I him it. again since but i um i see sarah every now and again there was actually a festival in bc we were supposed to play with sarah this year actually but our band kind of died so we missed her and Jesse Reed, of course, you know, they're playing these amazing songs. I'm just there doing nothing. Just talking about the biz. But, yeah, they're great. I, uh, Jesse Reed, what a songwriter. And, and Sarah's new album, uh, Bandit Queen. 
oh man it's just one of those albums that i put in the deck and it just stayed there and i locked in on it for months and yeah still... i mean i don't know how new it is now but we, yeah we had actually we had got her we've gotten her for a few shows or to, to ask her to open and um as a you know a solo performer on stage because obviously i drummed behind her for years but as a solar per, solo performer on stage she um she has something different i think i think she has she has quite a show she's really refined the show you know she's toured around and, and i can speak about it for hurricane too like there is nothing like massive amounts of touring just to create the comfortability on stage to understand tension you know she's yeah so she's really got it presence you got it you got it or you don't got it you can't learn to have what sarah Beatty has on stage i don't think yeah. i mean you can get better at it yeah you know charisma you... is just i think it's natural mostly you know yeah she's yeah a, that's yeah. it i mean yeah if i were in front of a microphone uh singing i would not have it but hiding behind a drum set it's great right that's Can we start a rumor about the Mar- getting a Marantz project back together for a small tour or something? Never. One show? No, never? No, that's never. It's <laughs> never going to happen, ever. Still in my deck, man. Yeah, what? trust me. I'm, I'm asked at least once a year by somebody oh, who has right. a great idea to put on a Marantz reunion. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Too busy doing what you're doing? Too busy doing what I'm doing, and I believe that, you know... It's, and how can you say never? It's so absolute. Well, there's just, like, great... You know, I love that band. I really mm. love that band. So many people did as a Saturday yeah. night staple at the mansion. Absolutely, right? and and I met a lot of uh, my now bandmates through it. But uh, some things are, you know, you don't want to uh, cack on the memory of something great, you know. Okay. And sometimes the memory is better than what the reality would be. And I just don't know. Who knows? You know, we're all we're all older, and it's different. And maybe sometimes the the era and that time is is the unofficial sixth member that you never that you never noticed that it was just a time when people were in a different spot in their lives and that and that's probably occurring in different pockets that we don't know about because we're not akin to them right now and i think that's pretty neat so that's why i say no because that unofficial member just that time that era is not is no longer a thing you know uh I met Jacob there. That's how I met Jacob. That's how I wanted him for Hurricane. He got up with us one day. I didn't know who he was. Wow. And Did he, he rap? He rapped. He had, uh, <laughs> Tom Nems had been telling me about this band Baked, and I had seen Jamie Goddard before. And then he's like, that's the other rapper. And we got Jacob up and he owned the crowd. Really? And he was really drunk. And, uh, but he was amazing. And he was, you know, he's a great guy. And I think we talked about Mr. Bungle afterwards or something like that. So, you know, I I know when I find my people. (laughs) And then years later, we, uh, whenever I started Hurricane, I needed someone who wouldn't disappear in front of all those horns. And I was like, who is that guy? And sonically, Jacob's voice is also like up here. (laughs) It's It's like over top of all those things. Yeah. Back in the day, I think you guys opened up for USS in the backyard of the mansion house. And before I knew Jacob, I think that might have been the first time I saw you guys. Oh, right. Did, did that happen? Did you open for USS at... Uh, Jeez, I, I, we've, we've played with maybe, them a lot. Maybe oh. it wasn't. But I remember the stage at the back facing Ontario Street and just not being able to take my eyes off the kid. Like, And one, charisma out the ass. One, you can't, you can't turn away. And two, the whole band... And I still say this, it's probably lost its luster on me a little bit because I've seen you so many times now. But when I first saw you guys, it was like, 
this is the most fun bands ever had on stage. Just like you guys smiling and just getting into each other and just enjoying that moment. Not, oh, well, we got a gig, we got a paycheck and a bunch of beers and we're out of here. Yeah. It just looked like you guys were having a blast up there. I think we also... This is, it's kind of strange because the band does have a bit of a revolving door of characters. So sometimes you'll be like, oh, that's strange. Victoria's not at this gig or so-and-so's not at this gig. Why is that? And so uh, because of you know scheduling and life and things like that, you kind of have to have that. But no matter who comes in or who comes out, um, it, it does feel like really family-like. And you don't um, – that's another thing. You have it or you don't. And I've come into bands where you're like, this is a hostile environment or you know one person is the show you know i know i get a lot of i get a lot of credit for hurricane and it's very nice but you know uh i don't write all the songs you know guys are bringing in you know uh, chris sippus will often come to me and sing, send me a voice note of something great or you know there's there's that old saying that you know amazing things can happen when you don't care who gets the credit and i remember when sylvie had emailed me just this like 10 seconds snippet of smile and it was just the chorus and it sounded like it was recorded in a bathroom. And I, and she said, you know, this was as she was just joining. She said, you know, would you be interested in doing this? And I said, you know, like I, if you're going to gift wrap me an amazing song, I will say thanks. You know, <laughs> I don't need to, you know, I don't have a writing credit the ego on it. doesn't flare up right off the bat. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt my feelings. If someone, you know, on our, our new record, which will be coming out in the spring, um, there's a couple songs I don't, I didn't touch. I don't mind. They're great tunes. They didn't. I didn't have anything for that sort of thing, and I was. I was really. You know. I'm very happy about that. I. I like that ego isn't a, isn't a big part. And Jacob and Sylvie, are both really comfortable taking the spotlight at different moments. Mm. And. Uh, and Jacob's been good sharing the stage too. No ego there either. I mean. He, oh no! Just I think he also just likes open an, arms. A, an ability to breathe. You know, because before <laughs> Cause he, some he was, time he, yeah, you could never, you never stop. Now he gets like one song off. We do like one cover song while Jacob goes and drinks as much water as a human can drink in three and a half minutes. Towels off. Sometimes puts on a run, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt and comes back out. It's pretty sweet. And then throws up when he's done. Always. That's <sighs> that's just a thing. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, front fifty four. Uh, thank you, man. So cool. I emceed that event. And uh, Champion came up. Oh, and Everett. Steve, yeah. T- yeah, Steve told me afterwards, like, like, dude, you're. I don't know if you know this, and th- this goes back to you know. I want to make sure I acknowledge you for your leadership because it's important. The music's important. It gets us through tough times, and you don't hear it enough. And that, I don't know, maybe you're less prone to it, but we all have that voice. You suck. You're not enough. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve told me years later, I love Everett. Yeah, uh, easy, easy, easy. Easy. I don't know yeah. if he's still going. But I think, I think no, he's, he's just going by Everett Champion. Everett Champion, which is great. Um, your introduction, I think it was his first live gig. I think it, Steve it was said a, your introduction gave him space. Um, you know, like this is tough. This is his first time. I want you to really support him and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Steve, because uh, anyways, a uh, huge opportunity. But uh, was standing out front after the show, Bergsma flies out and throws up right in the right in the. <laughs> in the snowbank oh, like he yeah. could he barely made it outside it, i'm like dude you okay he's like no, no. I'm, okay all right all it's right it's just a mix of i think you know maybe nerves at first and then just like he goes so hard and speaking of everett he actually we had had uh we played at least palace it was sold out and uh, it was great we got everett up for a tune 
Yeah. And so it was really neat for me, someone who's known him for geez, years and years now, to see you know he's he's probably nineteen or twenty now, yeah. something like that. And you know to see him in front of that crowd, you know, I've played Lee's Palace enough times to no one with other bands, so to you know I don't take for granted when I have a sold out show. Right. And uh, so it's really it's really neat whenever you get to look. Um, I have this moment almost every night, and I think it's key because I. I don't know if I'm a daydreamer or what, but we'll be playing and I'll kind of look out and I'll look at the different people and think, you know, wow, this is really amazing. And you have these people from different places and expats from different countries and people with, you know, you know, sing uh, like uh, people who are just like, you know, they have like they're just from a single parent home or they're from somewhere else or they have a bunch of siblings or they're only children, you know. And I think like there's all these different and ages, you know, Kalen's 19, you know. Fraser and I are kicking off into other areas. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, Fraser's one of the oldest bandmates, too. Fraser, Fraser's been around since the beginning. Oh, right. So those horn players, they would... My theory knowledge is pathetic in comparison. Oh, really? So oh. Is, are there are there tracks... He made it sound like there's tracks where you write the the drums, the the like all the musical tracks for all the instruments in the song. I will, I will write out a bunch of stuff, but usually what ends up happening, especially when it comes to horns now, is... I will write out like horn lines that I have in my mind and send them to Alex, who is the lead trombone player, and he will chart them out, maybe you know harmonize them better, you know. And he has some great ideas, and he also understands the the instruments better. <laughs> you can ask anyone we've ever had play baritone sax. I really like it to follow bass lines, which is great, except for the fact that they have to breathe, and I kind of neglected that for years. So you know. <laughs> So I'm, I, you know, I'm learning. I, I have much to learn, but there. Um, but even Kalen, who again is 19, he co-wrote a track on the new record, and uh, I think it's just to listen to it for me is, you know, it's 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 pretty inspiring to hear guys who are that young who who have those kind of chops. Him and Patrick and Victoria and a lot of them, they're just you know some real talents. Uh, let's talk about the new record. How many tracks you got on it? Can you leak the name? Uh, the name is still up for debate. It's just got to get finalized soon. Uh, I think there's going to be nine tracks, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's featuring, and it's great because there. I think there's 25 musicians on it in total. Right. We got uh, Mr. D from the Salads, who I loved when I was a kid, and we got a whole string section and uh, keys and all sorts of things, and our good friend and uh, merch uh, woman. Ashley Standish I also heard. played piano on it as well, and she did a fantastic job. We actually give her a little um, interlude piece after one of the tunes, which I really like. And uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been really nice. And I don't I think it's the first time when all of us listen to a record that you know some people in the band have teared up listening to it because it's the first record that really sounds like what we sound like live. And it's the first record where I was totally unscared. When you hear the last record, the last song of the record, you're gonna be like, "Whoa, this is very, very, very different." And, and brave I, is that what you mean? Yeah, well, I mean, just like I'm, I'm no longer scared to write a song that sounds like maybe like a Lana Del Rey song or something. I just wanted, you know, we just write the songs we write. And um, the real tricky part is picking a single, but I mean, those are big problems. And Great problems, al- and it's almost like a, it's, it's a time capsule too, right? These songs. I mean, it's like what you're. It's who you are as a man and a band and a group and, and a family right now. Who cares? And I'm 
and I were talking about this before you got here. Um, is Gary V kind of been an influence? And in I don't give a fuck if isness <laughs> well, because I, yeah. uh, it's you know. And G were G and I were just talking. Uh, something stuck with me the other day. I get the whole. Like, I don't want to say that because I'm afraid of what people will say about me. I've got some opinions that aren't popular right now, and, and I've, I've gone from left to right. I'm more conservative now because these guys stand for free speech. But you can't say certain things without being called, uh, you know, a woman hater, a trans, blah, 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 blah. And Gary V got me to go, okay, yeah, wow. And when I look at where fear holds me back, it, it makes me sick. But what stuck with me that he said is it's, it's not the fear of what other people are going to say. It's actually the lie that you've created about what they're going to say because they never say that. So you're actually not acting out. You're not taking action because you believe something will happen. And that's actually a lie. And I just thought, wow, that's so powerful. So I wonder if, if that type of, you know, I, I listen to him a little bit more than I have now, but he's really gotten me to a point like you actually care what other people think more than you care about, than you value your own life. And you're kind of, so I, I love that if that's a place that you're getting to, that you say, fuck it, this is who we are right now. If it sounds like whatever, so be it. It's just, I have a, my saying is, and I am a Gary Vee fan, but my, uh, my saying is I only do my own inventory. You know, you can worry about Jim's inventory and G can worry about his inventory. And if you ask for my help, sure, I'll, you know, I'll give my two cents. But we can only do our own inventory. We can only worry about uh, the things that are important to us. And I think, you know, when I sat in on this record, what I was really watching was, you know, Jacob really go to new ground and Sylvie to really go. And I think Sylvie's on every track except for the, the intro track and to be able to do the things that I think before we had, we had concerns. We were, you know, you're, you're trying to worry about mass appeal. Well, that's not what we're about. Right. What we're about is doing our show and, uh, and it's disingenuous to do anything, but what you really want to do. And I think that in this instance, Maybe, you know, we'll, I think people will hear it and I think they're going to hear like, this is a really, you know, um, a really wild record. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And our, our, our road manager, uh, Kenny really wanted to be on a track. Uh, Kenny is always trying to get he's, on. He's stage. always trying to, he's always trying to do something. So <laughs> I like a cheerleader at times. I'm oh, like, get this guy. Out this oh, I, we, we love him. We love having him out there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's our, Kenny hype, Holt. he's our, hype shout man. out to Kenny Holt. So <laughs> Kenny, we had him. He's just, he asked me, he said, you know, if there's anything I can do on the record, and I couldn't really think of anything, but we have this intro track. So uh, we've been opening our shows with it for years. So we had decided to finally record it, and I got him his, he's got a voiceover. So he's the first voice you hear on the Hurricane record. Awesome. I know. Uh, that is such an honor. I was in uh, Jay Beatty's studio a few years ago, a couple years ago, and K Flip was bringing in some samples to scratch for the Head Heavy song. And uh, he wasn't happy. He couldn't isolate anything. He had a couple ideas. Literally brought his ideas in on a napkin. Like typical band uh, <laughs> musician, right? Comes in into the studio. Uh, Doug Mundy was playing keys. He's a friend of mine. And uh, and he says, I'm going to be... He, we're having lunch. He's also a client of mine. So we're having lunch here. He says, oh, I'm going to Beatty's tomorrow. Lay down some tracks. I'm like, oh, cool. I've been meaning to get to Beatty's. 
you mind if I tag along? So he says, no, no problem. So I said, Davey, hey, can I sit in on Monday's tracking session? He says, yeah, I've got Monday at 5. i got Cape Whip at 6. i got Pesh at 7. Like, you can hang around if you want. Anyway, when I got the Cape Flip, he wasn't happy with the isolation that he was finding on the web. So he's like, well, why don't you have Jimmy go give us a head heavy, see how it sounds. So I went up to the mic, and Jay's like, give me a head heavy on the beat. Head heavy, head heavy, get louder, angry. And they ended up, I got this. It's my vocal. It, I did not it, know it, that. It, it's a tight tune. It's not just the fact that I'm on it. And at the shows, Keith was laughing because when I was almost done, I gave a head heavy as a question. And he, you know, how he stretches it out and puts the tempo down. And it's like, head heavy? At the end of the show, it kills me every time, but... What an honor to be! Uh, Were you at the the ten year anniversary show? I was not. I, I missed it also. I was sad, and I had actually sent Kyle a message just saying congratulations, because uh, ten years of being a band is not easy, ever. Mm. And um, you know, uh, it's tough. I was at their first show. I think it was opening for Morant, um, or it was at Mansion House. But I do remember it. And uh, yeah, so it's neat. You know, and I once got to drum for them. Actually, that Thorold show you were you were referencing earlier is the uh, the only time I've ever uh, played with them, but it was fun. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. You know, I dr- I definitely drum less for people like I used to. You know, I used yeah, to you... go on the road with people for was it years and years. I was playing for other people, and then somewhere around, geez, I don't know, a year or two ago, I really decided that I think I have a different skill set that um, I would like to use, and also I you know I have a uh, almost five-year-old little girl who's the cutest and well you know as you can imagine you just want to be around and it's it's important it's important to be around and we understand with hurricane and it, one of the greatest things that's happened with m- myself having juno my daughter and frank who was here with jacob is that oh, if yeah. we're going to do things they need to be worthwhile and that's it if i am going to i feel a certain sense of responsibility that if i'm going to take jacob away from his two-year-old son to provide something that is of value and you know he's like me we'll we'll take a chance on a thing but there's not too many chances and if you're on a like a big giant road stretch well it's different you can try a few things while you're out there but you know i'm it's it's we're really um i'm really cognizant of the things that are important to my bandmates you know, Sylvie needs certain things. Jacob needs certain things. The band, when they bring me an idea, it's a great idea. I love a great idea. It's just tough because someone has to be, um, someone has to make the choice, for better or worse. And I, I don't always make the right choice. And, you know, mm. hindsight is twenty twenty. But you, somebody has to make it. And that's the better way because when you have too many ideas, you get analysis paralysis. And that's a problem. And I, so I talk a lot of times with bands about that. You know, you need to, we need to figure out who's going to sign things. We need to figure out who is going to make some decisions. If not everyone agrees, how do we break a tie? Things like that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think naturally in interviews, the, the question we inevitably get is how in the hell do you do it? Well, I'm crazy. And I think whenever you see, like, I saw some little meme that said, you know, success is made of incremental changes every day. And I work every day, every day. You know, I come up with an idea or I make it, you know, even if it's 
Christmas Day and just for a second you make a list of something, you think of something and you just put it in your calendar, so I'll do it. You know, I I just just go to work. Just like go to work. It's your it's your job and I admit that it's hard to have both time and money. I do admit that. That's tricky. But uh there are hours. I get people all the time. When you find time to do it, I say just there are there are hours unaccounted for in your day. Mm. You know, Gary Vee says it best. Sleep eight hours, work eight hours, hang out with your family for five hours. There's hours left. You know, there's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not a I'm not a particular time waster. I, this is my relaxing time right now. This is this is great. Like I a show was just announced in BC on our page a few minutes ago. I'm drinking a cup of coffee. There's monogram towels. <laughs> how bad how bad can it be? And uh, I'm glad you brought up Theater Chris because, well, it reminds me, I um, I carry so much guilt because I just can't, I can't make the 11 p.m. showtime anymore. Or I, <laughs> listen, I can, but I choose not to. Well, and, um, that's, that's you know, fine. the mansion house is my, my house, you know what I mean? I, I spent, I put my time in there. Uh, I've got some good con- connections and friends and friendships and, and um, you know, relationships that are, are meaningful but i just don't um su- you know i'm not supporting them like i used to be when i was there all the time and 11 o'clock is late man you guys are still getting people out but i appreciate it if you if you're doing a well, afternoon show or a 7 p.m well you'll you'll <laughs> notice we do a lot a lot earlier shows than we used to just for ourselves you know in terms of just peak hours for a band like us mm-hmm. i remember there's one show we played i'm not sure if it was last year or the year before it was in bc and I remember beforehand, it was like a one in the morning and we actually had slept before and backstage, you know, there's 10,000 people out front and backstage. I remember the stage manager saying, you guys are so quiet. And like one of the guys meditates and the other guys are like playing on their phones. And I said, well, you know, it's late. And, uh, but we, we just turn it on as soon as the doors open and they push out my drum set and they push out Coop's riser and they, start to you know kenny starts getting the lights going and you know we have all this intro music then uh, it's police academy theme which is awesome which i really enjoy <laughs> and uh then yeah then it's great then then it it comes to you but i do find it's it's harder like i have a sweet spot in the night where i'm i do my best work and uh not to mention you know as as an agent it's a it's tough because you often settle up at like three in the morning and my mind is not at its full functioning mm-hmm. capacity at at three in the morning. I actually answered a text to a promoter the other morning. At like I hadn't slept in about two days just because there had been so much work. And uh, I had answered a text from a promoter, and I looked back, and it, they, he, he wrote me back saying, what the hell are you talking about? And it just made zero sense. So, you know, I, I think as adults we have to, you know, we don't – we got to make some, some changes. We have to understand mm. that it's, uh, it's okay – if Jim Fannin can't come out for the opening band at 11, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It doesn't mean you don't support the bands. You yeah, know? no. So You're right no there. no guilt involved. It's interesting. When I run the uh, – and I talk to you, you know, I've done a few shows at Sessions on the River. I think it's, it's a great-sounding facility. And if, if if it's a band that's new and hasn't been in the studio, it provides them a chance to get something off the floor anyways that they can – that sounds good. 
It's got a liquor license. It's a recording studio. The uh, the um, acoustics are unbelievable, and and it's very intimate because you're you're right close to them. And so we've done a couple like all day marathons. The first one we started at ten in the morning, went to ten at night, and we did a band at every hour. Last one we did, we started at two, and went to ten, eleven o'clock. Band on the hour every hour. But the sweet spot in the night's like eight thirty. Eight thirty. It's rammed in that place. So the closer. Is not it might be the biggest act as far as name and recognition goes, but they don't have the they don't have the, the sweet spots at eight o'clock, yeah, seven o'clock even. Well, it's funny for us. Our sweet spot is the way I pitch us to festivals is I say put us on after the headliner, because I do know that, you know, and a lot of times like we we play with like, very varying headliners. Um, you know, last year we did play um, and then Bruce Coburn to come on. So um, yeah, are you? fear that you're gonna like oh overshadow them no it's not that it's just that i think that uh one of the things that we provide you know like those are legendary guys so that's that's not a question they'll they'll hold up to that of course but what i mean is that it's just like there's a flow you know and we're a natural period at the end of the sentence oh you know where where it doesn't really seem to make more sense just to have like this huge party and then bring it back down um so a lot of times i pitch it like you know you probably have a lot of um younger people at your fest this is their time and uh it's been good you know we have more younger people than we've ever had before we just played in guelph so geez thousands the cops had to shut it down because it was so crazy and the sound guys were complaining to me because as the agent i didn't ask for barrier at the front of the stage and i said well you know, that's, that's not one, eh? that's new for us where it's like, OK, well, you know, we we're never trying to put people further from us. You know, we usually Jacob and Sylvia are sweating <laughs> on to people and, and encouraging them to come to the. Yeah, but this, you know, I hadn't been anticipating quite having quite so many people. Private show or a festival? No, no, just just our show. Oh, okay. And it was um, that was yeah. great. And it was out in a field. and It was awesome. But, you know, we weren't allowed to do an encore because, you know, just it had gotten wild it's the only show we've never we never sold a piece of merch at because the cops basically came in and just that was that but again we got to go home early so we were okay what time was the show i think it was at like 10 you know it was it was great but uh they were ready to party like from note one like when the intro music was on they were dancing and i was like well this is this is a good sign (laughs) so uh you know and i always feel like jacob has gr- he has a real ability to appeal to an ad populum like to a big mass he knows how to and i don't say control them but he like he knows how to move them in the right way whip them into a frenzy well there's you. some there's a thing about you know uh you know, he he can really just take the air and hold it and wait for the right moment mm. but we started we encouraged like one person to crowd surf and then there was like 40 and then it was just we 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 lost control so that uh i mean and it can happen and you see how like uh scary things can happen at fest but it was um we're we're very fortunate that those things are happening now that we're learning on a bigger scale and having said that we'll still go to you know maybe in saskatchewan we're playing to a 50 capacity room because it's still it's still new whereas in bc we do exceptionally well in alberta we do very well in the states we do very very well and the East Coast, you know, it's it's building and building, and Ontario is great, but you know, Winnipeg, you know, we're 
you know we have to fight to get arrested we're still like we'll we'll do a re- we'll do a, we'll do a residency because it's like it's work and there's nothing wrong with admitting that you have a market that isn't isn't slaying yet well that's a wide open opportunity for a band like hurricane because when you come to town you should be the the greatest thing that's come to town in 10 years almost I well think. you know what though i mean for them what was funny the last time we played we were playing we did three nights and the nights after they were having a residency from insane clown posse so you know at this venue so and they have this venue has like slayer they have all sorts of acts. so we're really lucky we get to play these big rooms but they understand just like we do that you know there are markets and you got it they're tough nuts to crack the 40 below is a and, tough nut <laughs> and we're very and we're very fortunate to be able to go to the states we just played washington dc and it was sold out and we played you know west virginia and it sold out and those things are really great and um you know we have a lot more festivals we're headed to uh, omaha and uh, idaho like nebraska and i think we're working on some stuff in wisconsin there's all sorts of things you know, and I think Minneapolis and Fargo are on this tour. We're still, you know, still doing agent stuff. And now we have an American agent as well. So him and I are working in tandem. So it's a lot. There is just a lot of stuff. And I kind of like that maybe everyone in the band doesn't realize the amount of work I, I'm doing. Because that's not their job. You know, they they show their support by being there. They come on, they kick ass. They do their thing. And I really think it's important that people have other acts. The people are jamming with other people. You know, I see on their timelines that one of them's putting out a record or another guy's playing here. And I think, you know, it's it's great. It's so, it's so good that whenever one of them, you know, I send out a date, someone says, I can't do it. I have this act that I can say, cool. And I move down the line and I grab Mm, another player. Interesting. And it's really nice because sometimes, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I frown on it. I hate the moonlighting because I always see it as a threat to the the unit. Like when Beatty was moonlighting with them, Mrs. J, or and then he started up uh, Miser Dally. Well, I don't know who started up, but that that Miser Dally was the funnest freaking band ever. And I'm like, dude, and he would play bass in Miser Dally, which I just love a guitarist that is filthy on bass and Jay's that way. And you know, uh, guys from uh, X Prime back in the day, I'm like, I do not support moonlighting, man. You guys need to. Like, because it's going to take away from the show, man. No, but, I, I, mean, I, I just, in my opinion, I disagree because I think that they have itches to scratch. And the, I, I try to never have a, an emotional response. So, you know, even though I could really use them for a show or I think it's a great opportunity and they are telling me that they have an opportunity that is worth more, of more value to them, I think it's important that if they know I'm going to be cool with it, they're much more likely to come back to me. Whereas if I'm like, no, you do this, that's tight. You know, that's mm-hmm. tough. And there's times you got to take a hard line, of course, but it's, we're just really lucky. Like even now I just kind of sent them a thing saying, Hey, summer tours, like two months long. <laughs> what do you cool. think? Some guys are like in, in right now. And there's <laughs> other guys who are like, I'm just going to have to kind of see how this, play-. and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Wow. And I will just, you know, I will deal with what I deal with. And, um, but the truth is, like, it's not really a hard sell to say, like, hey, let's let's go all over the place. We're going to go and play for great crowds, and you're going to have a super fun time. And, uh, yeah, like, in, in Hurricane, like, I mean, I've toured with other bands who, like, there is no laughter. Oh, Hurricane is full-time laughter. Full-time, yeah, begging on each Sleeping other. Sleeping Sipis. Sipis especially, <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad for poor Sips because, like, 
He's like I didn't even recognize him I, on stage after he cut all his oh, hair. I'm like, who's a, oh, it's Sippus. I, I think it's it. Sippus is a funny beast because he's like so sweet. He's such a sweet, caring guy, and for some reason, we love bagging on him. Like it's just we just I don't know what it is. Like he's just like uh, it's. But I think you know, much like a lot of the guys in the band, he realizes that's how we show our love. You know, is like we just we hack on each other <laughs> and. Uh, and it's great. And same with, you know, people ask, well, do you do that to the women in your band? And we're like, of course, they hang as great as any of the dudes. And um, they're, it's it's quite a crew. We're, we're just about to drop. We have like a tour documentary. of. It wasn't from oh, this year. Yeah. It's from 2017. Oh, so it's, it's right great. before things blow up. Like it's right. just as things are going, like we still have like smaller vehicles. And actually the trailer G now has. And we just have like, uh, you know, things are starting to get bigger. And... Uh, so, you know, next year we'll have one showing how wild it's become. But it's great because we have all these backstage interviews with people who, you know, you'd like to hear from. You know, what's... Produced what's, by the band. Produced by the band. Like, what is... Uh, Mike Tooby's producing it. it uh, but it's like, uh, what if, you know, what does Justin the trombone player say? How did he come into the mix? How did Vicky come in? And how did um, these other people... Or what's, what's Sylvie think? Because, you know, Sylvie doesn't speak a lot in media for us. Although I'm going to change that this year because I'm... Well, she's getting picked up here and there are people promoting the fact that she's like a, a woman front person. Yeah, exactly. And she's, you know, amazing at it and deserves it. And actually, she was just in a big magazine, which is great. And uh, I was getting a lot of people messaging uh, us about it. I think she is a... Um, I can understand why she people are so interested. You know, she's exceptionally educated, exceptionally intelligent, and... Uh, and you know, and then she's she's given it her all. And oh, and Sylvie, this is one thing I will say about Sylvie, and this is maybe you know, and obviously she's a great performer. She's she is a huge part of the business. She's like my partner in the business. But she did this thing last year, and we started doing school shows because again, I believe really highly oh, I mentorship love those videos. Man. And love Sylvie, we were I think we were in Windsor somewhere like that, and you know she dances you know kind of wild and kind of, and she was talking to these. I think they were probably grade eights or grade seven or eights these girls and they i think they were jokingly asking her about her dance moves or something and she she just said you know i learned to not care what anyone thinks and to only be me and it was just like you know and i always talk about when people ask us about the school shows i said so more so than the instruments we're bringing like some strong male and female role models like sylvia is a person you you could and should look up to as a young woman you know, it's someone who is, you know, very well educated, very well spoken, you know, has a great life and a great personality and, and uh, sense of humor. And you have to because when she first joined the band, I, I known Sylvie years ago and, you know, she, you know, she believes what she believes and her and I will have it out, which is great. But I was like, oh, geez, you know, how is she going to fit in with, you know, we're so ball busty. <laughs> and I think, you know, instantly she just got into the fact that we were just like. No one is safe in that group. Mm. Nobody is safe. Which is good too, because you don't want to, you don't want anyone to feel special either. Like, <laughs> well, what do you no. mean? Well, why are you guys all nice around me when you're busting everyone else? No, no, we we yeah. just we we couldn't do it if we wanted to, <laughs> you know. And like, we poor, you know poor Patrick, who you know he loves jazz music. And I think we made him listen to every Limp Biscuit record and Body Count and <laughs> ICP till he was just like awesome. Yeah, you know stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think the young guys we are always trying to um 
I think for me, I really want them to know that this is an unlikely success. Mm. And it's, you know, I maybe that's why I'm always looking out and I'm looking at, you know, there's there's Chris. He grew up in Thorold, and you know, he's Poor guy. he's an yeah, he's an only he's an only child. And there's Justin. He's from Toronto, and there's these guys, and they're and they're they're from all over the place. And I think it's really neat that somehow we're all together, and that it is an unlikely success. And probably when they start to put their own groups together, they'll see like, wow. It is hard. It's hard to be a three-piece band on the road where you're in one car with one hotel room and anything like that. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And that is why when people are asking me, like, why are you always, you know, checking in with bands or something? Because it's hard. It's, it's tough. It's easy to get um, It's easy to get down. This time of year, I, there's a lot of musicians who contact me because they know they should be reaching out to festivals. They don't know how they need help and that's why again i'm giving a talk at mate which is you know it's like the business of music and it's kind of like you know i touch on a lot of things but i really kind of like to open it up and i keep it to small groups because you know maybe this guy's putting out a record and he has some questions about that and that will help everyone else and i really like to open it and someone says i have a touring question about the states great as long as it's not about grant writing because I don't know a damn thing about grant writing. <laughs> but call anyways. Uh, call Sylvie. We'll <laughs> set you I up. don't know anything about it. Yeah. How do you explain the success? And I'd like, you know, I am not shy about claiming I've been on your jock since maybe not day one, but oh, pretty, pretty early. Pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. Early. You're, you're and, one uh, of the, the, the OGs. I, you know, I like to think that uh, I've got a good eye for talent. And um, I, I'm so proud to see groups like you. And even roadways, for that matter, that really just really taking another big step. And you guys were around for a long time. You know, the album You Can't Do This was kind of a, a shot yeah. at, like, they told you you couldn't do it and why not, you know. And then the references to, uh, you know, My Son the Hurricane as like a um, Rage Against the Machine with crossed with, uh, what's the... Uh, Three Dog Night, or what, what is the, the, oh, the horn section? Or uh, I think I heard uh, Muddy Muddy Boston. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you know and what? The I, last uh, <laughs> smile was being compared to Portishead, or what was the song that one of my buddies is like, oh, they, you know, that. That's cool. And, um, I love Portishead. Yeah, what do you, what do you uh, kind of chalk? I know you've done your, your diligence, the business end of it. You've done the tours, you know, you're putting out a decent product, but. What do you, how do you explain the recent, and you mentioned most people think you've only been a f around for a few years, so, you know, there's no overnight successes, we get that, but do you, can you point to a couple decisions or, well, or something that's put you over the edge that's brought you to a point where now, yeah, you're getting paid some decent money, you're playing in front of 10,000 people yeah. sometimes, you know, it's yeah, unbelievable. It's really, it's really nice. Um, well, you know, when you take that kind of time, you start to, in my opinion, you you know you're writing better songs. And we opened it up. We used to be really concerned about who was bringing what to the table, and now we opened it up. We want to use the talents of all of our people, and uh, and Sylvie and I work very very hard to to put the band in front of eyes. And I'm just not scared anymore. I just I I developed a skill set that can help this group. You know I think that young people who want to intern for me are often shocked to find out that a i don't have a business card b i don't have like any computer skills i don't really need those right at the moment i do 
very well if that's getting music synced on TV or that's, you know, uh, dealing with promoters or getting in those rooms. That's always been a strong point for me. So, you know, I think there's that. And we, we financially put our money where our mouth is. You know, whenever this tour begins, we'll be in the hole you know 30 grand or something like that but it'll be you know it'll recoup it's because i own the record label normally what would happen is if you own a, if you a record label makes you recoup before you get paid or they'll give you enough to live on the road so what would happen is we would probably have go out for three months not see a dime record label gets paid back then you start to make your money but in this case i don't want that i don't want the guys suffering i want to pay them they deserve to get paid and sure, there are times when we're flying places, and I'm like, oh, this will pay a little bit less, and everyone understands. But um, that's what I want. I want it to be a working thing. We put our money where our mouth is, and I'm just not scared. And I'm not scared to leave town limits. That, to me, is the real problem with a lot of groups is you can become a Niagara superstar. And and, and I don't no just mean – and, and I don't mean just Niagara in general. I mean it depends wherever you're from. You know, it's hard to leave the nest at first. Mm. G can tell you, you know, like you show up to Saskatoon on a Tuesday night. Well, guess what? You know, you got like at first time you got seven people in that club that you got to keep there somehow, you know, or you need to impress the bartender enough that they can't have you back. G's good at that probably. Well, and that's, but it's an art and it really is an art too. And not only doing that. But going to bed that night and still feeling good about yourself and getting up the next day knowing that you got to drive five hours to Red Deer and being okay with that. And if you are those and, – and imagine having 12 people behind you and crew and mm. lighting rigs and risers and this big thing we have. I, um, I think, you know, maybe I just have more balls and brains. But I think that it's – I just – like life is fleeting and life is short and life is about people and we need to um i try to be good to my people and try to do something of legacy worth if hurricane fails and eventually will fail everything fails in the end uh that's okay because you know i left it out on that field i died on that hill like that's Mm -hmm. what that's the old irish term is you know you know will you die on this hill and of course you know you got to choose in your life the things that are very very important to you and some people, it's things in politics or things they they strongly believe in. So other people, they have religion, things like that. For me, the thing that brings me joy is playing drums in a really obnoxious band and making people, you know, like super happy. And then watching, you know, and it. And the other thing is like, you know, I kind of feel like a dad because, you know, it's like, you know, if your kid hits a single in T-ball, you feel p- proud and... You know, I wa- look out and I watch, like, girls getting their picture taken with Sylvie or the young guys are, you know, s- you know, signing things for people. And I'm watching them use these talents that they have created. And I feel a sense of pride with that. Even though, like, I wasn't the one who created them, you know. I just say they, they deserve those moments. It's actually the same reason I'm taking away the drum solos out of our shows this year because I, I no longer need it to be about me at all. It's, you know, I am very happy to let this... Let these guys show you what they can do and like, let them have the light on them. You know, it can be a little darker at the back of the stage. I'm getting mm-hmm. long in the tooth anyways. So it's, uh, but we love the drum solos and you know what? I also love it when you're, and uh, I'd love to, for you to expand on the fear 
and the difference of what it was specifically and how it overcome it and what, what a difference it made for you. But I love it when you get out from behind the drum kit. I saw you uh, L3 when Ash was uh, Ash Boussoltz from oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. USS showed up. I don't think I even understood that he was going to be there that night. Maybe yes. that was top secret. I had my niece with me. Um, yeah, Ash from USS. Yeah, And then to see you get out from behind the kit and rap one. I think we've got one on the Rock Art Town YouTube channel where it's an old show and you come up and rap a tune and you're like, this will never be done again, okay? <laughs> so here I go. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying, actually, I remember it. Pigeon that, Park, that, sh that show in particular, because that was before Sylvie, because we Ash had done the vocals on that track. And I think there, there have been, there's been quite a few of us who have sang it over time. But uh, obviously... One fifteenth as good as Ash or Sylvie, but uh, I did it once, and I remember getting out there. Or actually, I did it a few times. I remember saying to Abe, who was playing guitar at the time, I looked at him and said, "Oh my God, they can see my body." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I'm exceptionally tall. I'm almost six foot five. So to own your height as a frontman, I you know also I have no I I didn't have like dreams of being a frontman, so I never like worked on my you know stage moves in front of the mirror. So, you know, I was mostly had like hairbrushes I was air drumming with. So uh, to be out there, I, I really wasn't sure what to what to do with myself. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it was really fun. And I think that um, we're, you know, we, we will still try some stuff and do some fun things like that. And, but compared to Jacob and Sylvie, you know, to have front people like that, it's just, you know, it's really... Uh, it's it's just such an, an amazing thing. And we and actually Jacob was sick once on tour, like very 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 ill, and uh, I can't remember. He had a fever and uh, he couldn't do a show. And Sylvie had to do it. And she wrapped she wrapped like the whole show. She you know I think we figured out which tunes. Yeah. I think I think we like threw in an Amy Winehouse tune as well, just to like so. You know, she wasn't thinking the whole time. I just remember calling her at eight a.m. and saying, "We're in a bit of a situation." Oh, no. She's like, "All right, give me the day." You know, if they if someone had called me and said, "Hey, you have to rap Jacob's parts," I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm canceling this show. show. <laughs> you know, this is gonna be bad." But she is great. And uh, how did you? It just was it a natural division? Because I think sometimes I hear in a song, I'm like, "Wait, so Sylvie's doing that song tonight?" So uh, you know, there's obvious parts that yeah. are built and designed for Jacob. Sylvia seems to, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but she seems to be taking over a little bit more of that. But like, she rapped on. Well, she can rap, right? So yeah. that's one of the nice things. So she raps on Pigeon Park. She raps on a new tune called Casserole. And she, uh, yeah. And so what ended up happening was there's a few tunes like Smoke and Mirrors and Sullivan where it was all Jacob. And there really was no chorus. Sullivan still love that tune. Yeah, right? it's, um, I don't really know what to do with that tune this year. Oh, I'm still it. figuring it out. But um, Old school, but just such a solid so yeah, well, it was our it was our awesome. it was basically our our intro tune this year. We have like this millhouse tune we always open with, and then we go into Sullivan with. But I'm not sure what we're going to do this year. But uh, yeah, so we would give it to Sylvie because we realized that you know we were doing like a song or two until she even said anything. That seemed really silly. Yeah, and uh, and you know Jacob, if you can, if he can breathe more, that's less vomit. <laughs> that's a that's a win. <laughs> yeah, that's a win, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. So it was just a natural. I think it was just natural progression where maybe Jacob just asked, what do you think of doing this one? Or stuff so. like that. And there were still tunes where, you know, uh, 
if if someone you know we're we would never be against the idea that maybe we have a tune that doesn't have jacob on it or maybe we have a tune that doesn't have sylvia like we that's not the thing if that's not what the tune calls for luckily on this new record it was just there's one instrumental and eight bangers but the last tune you know is mostly like keys strings a super bon jovi ish guitar solo so it's so bon jovi you'll know it when you hear it <laughs> you know it's like you're gonna give us anything to leak oh no, no i don't have it yet oh really yeah the uh, i don't have it to leak even if i could but it um I'm gonna get better people on the inside man. yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to work on that you know i'm tough as nails you gotta be good and it's not gonna be too too long we are still figuring out with our publicist what the release day is but it's uh because there's a lot to put out a record you know, you can just, like, show up and, like, drop a record on a day, technically. But because we deal with, like, publicists and management teams and all this stuff and lawyers and shit. Like, it's mm. it's crazy. If you actually saw what our crew is now and the day-to-day, because we have co-management. Um, and so there's all these people who, like, I get, I get this vinyl, which is great. But I do like to, you know, have better ideas. So if someone says, I think you should run your pre-sale like this, or you should consider that, or make sure you have these things before you set the date. Okay, okay. You know, it's just, it is a lot. Mm. I can understand why no one doesn't. I'm going to crack into my near beer here. It's too early even to drink non Oh, it's <laughs> 1 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Hour flew by. I'm so interested to get you to expand on the fear and, and you say you said a number of times now. I'm just not scared. I'm just not scared anymore. And I wonder what it was, and how you overcame it, and what the impact of overcoming it was. Well, can you? Do, is it is it a certain voice in your head that says you suck or care about what other people think? Well, like, you know, before I think it was a lot of this thing, which was it's not there yet. Oh, you know, if that you have was a, the voice, that was the scripture. Somebody yeah. saying to you, you're not there yet. No, like in my head, I was saying, you know, you're just not there yet. Or, you know, you would see another. There is this thing that happens when you see a band that blows your mind. There's this thing where you're just like, insecurity sets in. Holy shit. They figured out their thing. Oh, okay. And they like are owning it. And I always felt like we were good, but we did not have that yet. Oh. And uh, it. And again, I said, like I was saying, if somewhere around 2016, right as it was about to start moving towards the fast lane. And like this year, obviously, we just geared down. But uh, I think there there was just fear that we weren't there yet. And I saw the Pocket Dwellers when I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19. And they they like ruined me because I saw this band that was so much better than I could ever imagine. And we since got Nigel on track. He was on Pushing Up Daisies. Uh, from Pocket Dwellers, and uh, we've played with Great them. Great vocal, and uh, and I, that's that's the one that started it all. No, I think that's how McConnell says. And this way, every time he's introducing yeah. Bergsman, that's Daisy's comes up. He's like, and this is the one that started it all. But was it that or not well, my style? A my style was the first tune, but style, I think yeah. I think Daisy's really. It changed things. Great video, too. Great video. And great vocal on his part. What's his name again? Uh, that's uh, Nigel mm-hmm. Williams. And uh, we we were really fortunate to I, – I, I like that tune. Actually, when we had uh, Drifter out with us, because Drifter would <gasps> – was a talent. He was out in – He's on your label, too, right? Uh, I'm, I do some booking for him. Okay. He, he's, not, he's not a signee, but he's um, – I do some agency work for him. And I think I'll probably end what up – What a voice. Yeah, it's – 
beautiful yeah. written music too. It's so wow. Yeah, the dude's the engaging. Kind of like drinking hot chocolate. Oh. You know, it's just it just feels right. You don't get that dude to open for you if your vocals aren't on point because he'll just he'll out chat. <laughs> yeah, I know he is he is amazing. And what's great is what I really love about Oscar is that. We've had him open for us in Edmonton, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, like all over the place. And sometimes, like, we're talking serious crowds. And he just got, he's got them. Yeah. He's got them. And, uh, you know, and I'll <laughs> say this. I have a, a really quick funny story about with Oscar. And our worst show of the year was in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And it was, and it was actually relatively well uh, attended it was just there was just like a lot of things that were going wrong especially with sound and he was about to start and the sound man yelled out you know you don't have a monitor and oscar just said good i don't want a monitor that's when i started laughing i'm like you're one of us man you thank you for rolling with the punches <laughs> because there's just nothing you can do got a song called rolling with the punches and we got a song called that we never play that song live anymore but yeah no i i love that tune we just can't pull it off live Okay. It's a hard tune. If, unless you have like a full trumpet section, that is a hard tune to pull off. Oh, okay. It always sounded thin live. Right. I'd love to bring back Long Hair's Lament, but I just don't know where the hell I'd oh, ever throw that in a set. Vicious I, tune. I love man. that tune. In and the fact, drum track on that is killer. I think that's the reason I want to bring it back. It's just the problem is it's like when you have a night of bangers, you can get away with daisies and you can get away with smile. And we have a new another slow tune on the record. You throw in Long Hair, people are starting to like get a little dreamy oh right right so cool the 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 fear or what i guess i'm not scared anymore is conquering you're not there yet and then the impact over overcoming that fear is just do you think it's the success or is creative outlet uh trying something new or well i think it's just realizing that we we had taken a a year off when i had a kid in 2014 um we had kind of a I don't want to say kind of a legal issue in 2013. And I had, uh, I said, you know what? I think I'm done with this. And Nelson, who I'd started the band with, he had moved away. So um, when we came back, you know, Nelson was in for a little bit. And I kind of realized that, wow, this really does have a chance. And I kept like having nightmares that if I didn't really do something with this, I was really going to regret it. And as soon as I started to really like, invest and learn and like work it every day like it's my job you know take less money from other things i was like no i'm not gonna have a job i'm just gonna work this because i can't have both time and money and i would just and i said but i'm gonna use that time like really use it so i do it just like head down and like all day there's stuff coming in i am scared to look at this phone when this is done because it's not gonna be pretty the email will be full again there's going to be messages. There's stuff like that. But this is good. This is actually, I like this. This has forced me to ignore that, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, well, yeah, so, and eventually. So you're the firefighter. You're the guy at the top. You're the CEO that's responsible for everything. If it fails, it's on you. And yeah. you deal with problems all day, mostly. The, the, the goal is this. When it's a failure, it should fall on me. When it's a win, everyone should feel it. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. That's And that's the that's the glory and the detriment of this thing is you know if if you know if it fails you have to eat that failure but what i found at first that was harder was when nelson left and the successes i didn't feel like i really had anyone to share it with mm. and uh it has since kind of grown and it started to feel really a lot more family like again so that's that's great and we're and so yeah and again i just started being like i'm just gonna do my inventory 
And if it fails, fine. Let it fail. I'm sober. I have a family. I have a, you know, wonderful kiddo. And I oh, have this, you know, and I did so this thing. Cute, that and video. I And I end up with, like, you know, I've got all these CDs. Like, every other band I've ever been in has, like, a boxes of, like, thousands of CDs in their basement. You know, like, we actually sell those. Yeah. Good old press time designs, by the way. Like, we're we're doing something, like, we're getting, like, ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars worth of shirts a year like it's a lot we pay more in hst now than we used to make in like five our first five years Mm. oh god that's painful yeah oh yeah everyone loves uh, paying the taxes and doing the paperwork on that i'm interested in how you refer to if it fails i mean i guess you define failure as the band not doing what it's doing right now but if it stopped today uh, I would consider it a huge success. Now, obviously, yeah. if it's not continuing, that there's something, you know, we want it to continue forever. But um, I've, everything up until this point doesn't make that a failure. It just means, you know, you're not doing new stuff, which, you know, would yeah, it's be sad s- for us all. But Yeah, it's about scratching those itches. You know, if you, you originally set out and you have such small goals, It'd be a nice to play a show at L3. It'd be nice to open for some bands we like. It'd be nice to record an EP. Then it'd be nice to record an album and do some videos and then maybe do a tour and maybe we can go as far as Fredericton and then, you know, all of a sudden and then it's everywhere. Well, I guess we can go to the States now. I guess we can start flying places now. I guess we can buy a bunch of vehicles. I guess we can buy all these things. I guess we have lighting racks. I guess we need to, you know, techs on tour. I guess we need to put the techs on the visa. I guess we have a lawyer. And an accountant, and this person, and co-management through a huge agency, and now a you know a giant U.S. booking agent. It's like okay, it's as and I like that it's built, but you know, eventually, if we want to call it quits, it's because you know you've done a lot, and you're just you're you're it's really run its happy course. With it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right now, we know it's not run its course. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that right now it's like when we recorded this at Jacasa Studios, and they've done like Alexis on Fire and July Talk. They were like high fiving, saying, "We have a hit record again, thank God." Really? You know, and and I don't expect, and when I say that, I don't expect it to be on the radio. What I expect that to mean, though, is that we're going to sell a lot of them, and it's going to get to a lot of people, and it's going to, and I believe it'll do well. I'm not freaked out. I don't know. I just like you're in a good place. Huh? I yeah. I just like we're doing it right, mm-hmm. and you know, and there's something about, and G can tell you this is the worst thing ever. When you record music and it's good, it sucks not putting it out it's pain i find it's pain i've got tunes i love can i hear it no <laughs> you know it's it's the worst and then you gotta you gotta wait because you gotta if you're gonna do it you, in my opinion for us we're gonna have to do it right and we know how to now there's a long time we didn't know how the hell to put out a record it's just like one day it shows up hey look we have this you know uh it that's another reason why I give these talks and I do consults because it's nobody's fault if they don't know how. How the hell would you know? You know, it's difficult stuff, man. It's so difficult. It's just so difficult. And when I got sober almost five years ago, I was just like, I am going to spend some time helping. I really am going to take some of that time when I, instead of working, you know, instead of relaxing, because I'm just, I'm not really a relaxer, you know, um, I'm not like a a netflixer per se i just i want to help 
So when people are coming to music school, can can you help with this? Can you talk to my class? Can you do these things? Yeah, yeah, I can. You know, or you know, if if we're having these big seminars, well, yeah, let's keep it like ten or fifteen bucks. Let's let's get someone who's maybe not sure if they want to play music into this thing. I think that's mm. good. It's important stuff. Some people came on long in the tooth. Ashley says she must have liked that comment. Oh, and the girl you bought your house from is joined <laughs> the girl, uh, kim mitchell we call her now is she a mitchell now she is married mitchell mclaren i have kirby first books first book thank you for that first come first book my equals my moonlighting motto only way to be fair to everyone but he's kind of like a journeyman himself Who's that being the dj kirby yeah flip. well you know there's something about you know if they yeah, I, I think moonlighting is fine, you know. And furthermore, if someone could pay you more, you know, get paid, man. Yeah, baby. You know, I mean, I for years, I think it was one of the reasons I had such resentment to some of the groups I was performing with was because I know I should have been doing it with Hurricane. And I was doing it with them. And I was advancing their career. And wow, I had to wait to get home to do Hurricane. Right, so no more laying on the couch in Nashville. Yeah. Waiting to be called into the session yeah. because the drummer shit the bed oh, and you had to cover the track. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. I love I that story. Well, basically, this is what I do. I got a room in Nashville. I lay on the couch watching TV all day until I get the producer that calls and says, okay, stand by. The drummer shit in the bed. Let you know. Oh, he pulled it out. Okay, great. Oh, you better get down here and save his ass. And then you have to break it to him. Listen, bro, I know your credit. You're still going to be on the album, but your drumming won't be. Well, I, like, I, 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 never, had, I never had to break it to him. I would always just do what I used to do, was, which I thought was the nice move, was that, you know, I would say, listen, go sit on that drum set before we tear it down. Get some pictures. Don't tell anyone it was me. And do that. If you think I want to be on this pop punk record, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm just here for my paycheck, man. So... It was good. What a, what a st- I have no concept, or I had no concept before that. Then, that it could be a Rolling Stones track. That w- what they brought in a guest drummer because the drummer couldn't handle that track. Like uh, this is common, and, well, and and there's no credit on the well, album. Probably not a Stones track, okay. but I mean, I think in those early stages of bands, when bands there's a lot of bands doing demos and stuff like that. Like even the Doors, like the, you, you don't know who's drumming on half those tracks. Really? So, um, huh. Yeah, they had session guys. So that's it. I mean, there's a reason session. I mean, session work is not what it used to be. Like, they used to, like, guys were, like, making great livings. But I think it was another one of the reasons I wanted to get out of there. A, there's no, <laughs> there's never any windows in a recording studio. You know, you're stuck inside all day. But, um, yeah, it's it's a vacuous field, it feels like sometimes. And I was, you know... Some of these, you know, kids who I was replacing, you know, this was their their shot. And I, you know, I just didn't really want to do that sort of thing anymore. Right. And it was also taking time away from, yeah, doing hurricane stuff. Like, I got, I got work to do. 
Yeah, I got, th- I got things to do. And if I'm, you know, also, I want to be home. I have this little girl. She wants to go see Santa and ride on a oh, the, the, Santa Claus the, the train. The greatest video I, everywhere. If you, and you, I was so glad that I could share it yesterday because she is so cute. She's like, oh, my goodness. I had to listen to it a few times to get what she was saying because she's, well, five and doesn't speak all that well. Well, yeah. she, she speaks great. But she's a kid, and it's hard to understand, especially when she's screaming. And then, hi, Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Coming around the corner. You can, and then I realized, oh, were you at the Fairview Mall? At the Penn Center. Is that where it is? Yeah, the Penn Center. It's because since then I've had offers to take me on the train. <laughs> so Jim, <I'm laughs> you want to go on the ride on Santa's train? I'm going to tell you this about that train. It they were having a good laugh, trying me trying to fold my body into that thing. You looked actually legitimately frightened when the thing started. I out. will tell you this: I am not. Jacob and I have something in common. We do not like rides. Oh, I hate I, them. Too. I am not into them, and I think you know. And even that thing, obviously, it's, there's nothing to it. But, like, it's uncomfortable. My head was touching the ceiling, you know. I just, my knees were pushing the front of it. I was like, oh, God, here we go. But, yeah, again, you want to be home for that sort of stuff. So that's, again, where the agent work comes in. It's great. So I can be working at booking Hurricane. And while I'm waiting for some of that stuff to come back, I am booking, you know, I booked Katie Gata some shows. And I booked Drifter a bunch of shows. And I booked... You know, I'm booking for human rights for their tour, the reggae band, and uh, just a, a bunch of acts, you know. So, and I was at uh, Coalition Music. They have a CMI program, it's called, that basically is like agent management training. And I did that this year, which was great because, you know, like I've always been pretty knowledgeable about the stuff, but I went in there and there was like so much. You didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And, or, and even just refining that because things are changing and it was great and you know um liam who is the uh, management of uss and tea party right. he was like one of the instructors and uh val who worked at sony for years it was really really amazing stuff hmm. and it's funny the first day this guy sits down beside me and he said oh i'm from edmonton i was like oh that's great i've actually booked a bunch of shows through daniel lens he's like oh that's me <laughs> and i was like oh hi he's like you're dano then i said yeah <laughs> and it was just funny and i was like wow you're like the guy you know and the, and the girl beside me books the calgary stampede and she was you know, the girl and it was just like oh okay we'll, we've all spoken in this group and then this this other woman came in and she's like oh i booked you for uh in new brunswick at folly pass i was like oh right and so there's a real uh there's not a lot of people who want to do Oscar said it best one day. He's like, there's too many of me and not enough guys like you to book us. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's wrong too, because he's doing very well on his own, but it, it, it's tough. Like there's not, there's a lot of people in, in my profession too, who are trying to take people's money. And I don't want your money. If I can't provide a service that is worth something for you, because I know what that's like. You know, it's like the supernova effect or sonic bids or any of the things that I think are not maybe worth their money. And um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to be, you know, on the straight and narrow, make a living and not be a corrupt slime all about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Integrity is a very valuable trait. It's worth something. How many um, silos do you think you're operating in now like how many hats are you wearing you got obviously you're the business end with some help a lot of help for the mice on the hurricane but now you've got the you've got the label which yeah like, so just talk to me about the different silos and what they actually entail uh, obviously the band speaks for itself yeah yeah well that. yeah obviously there's the band and the drumming and then there's um 
Yeah, there's like management. So we have co-management. So it means that I do most of most of everything in terms of like, um, you know, hiring new people into the group. Like, you know, I deal with our lawyers and I deal with our accountants and uh, I do all the books. So I do all the books. I handle all the money. I'm the business manager. So I have that. I also own the label, which means I own our master recordings, which means that I inherit the debt. If Jacob and Sylvie die in a plane crash tomorrow, that debt is mine and mine only. No one else's. I, um, I do. I work with the syncing. Syncing is when you get music on TV or radio. Well, TV generally or movies or things like that. And you deal with what's called music soups, music supervisors. Commercial applications. Commercial applications. There's lots of different ones. So there's that. I was dealing with Stingray Music this morning. They're the ones who have those channels on TV. That, oh, uh, love Stingray. Yeah, yeah. 902 is my channel. Right. Alter, alternative rock. Yes. Adult alternative rock, I think. So there's, there's, so there's that. I've discovered more music on channel 902 on Bell 5 than I have almost anywhere lately. Right. Stuff like that. I deal with the radio trackers, Spotify trackers. Um as the label owner, you're responsible for a lot of different things. You're responsible for handing out royalties, like it, you know. So I, if somebody is a co-writer on a song, I owe them a mechanical royalty. There's all sorts of math to figure out. I do all the tour booking. I do all the hotel booking. I do all the advancing. Generally, a- agents don't do advancing. Advancing just means things like if I book G a show, uh, I after the money is set. I give him the promoter's email and they hash out when they show up, who needs a base amp, etc. Uh, with Hurricane, I do everything. I create these like long lists. We call them the tour readers. Um, and I like them because it also shows what I've forgotten to do. I have that. I take care of like just even the physical things like our trailer that lives in a lot for three months, you know, all that stuff. You know, I work on some of the editing stuff with the video guys. You know, we talk about I write all the set lists. Um, I do, I take care of I, a lot of the publishing stuff. Uh, Sylvie does all the grant writing, which is great. And so when we have a meeting, it'll be generally Jacob, Sylvie and I, and she'll bring in like the minutes. <laughs> she'll be like, what do you think of this? I'm like, I hate that. This is good. This is good. This is good. And yeah, you know, like whenever I say this, I, I don't want it to sound like it's egotistical and there, because other people in the group have skill sets sometimes that are better than I have at a lot of the things I do. Uh, so, for instance, like just general computer skills. They, uh, But I know that if I do that, I'm not bothering them and that uh, it's going to get done. And I think that um, democracy is very... I am, I am empathetic, but we are not democratic. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I will listen... And I'm I'm interested and given, you know, I like to think I'm an intelligent person. Given better options, I will take better options always. Guys will come to me or they'll say, you know, the merch setup, I've noticed this. What do you think we should do? I, I, I say that all the time. What thoughts? I thought if we did this. Okay. Because most of the time when they're coming to you with a complaint, they have a solution. I love a solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not so pig-headed. I won't take a solution, you know, and... Uh, but I love a solution. Sometimes we don't have one. You know, it's, uh, geez, it's a lot. Pesci says Sonic Birds is garbage for sure. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just totally. And, yeah, it's, uh, and you got to watch out. Management and things like that, people like that, they can take advantage of, of people because I have a real anger towards um, 
people who take advantage of people wanting to be stars or wanting to have a career you know i've been asked a lot of times can you be, come to this so you can be our industry person there no because i'm not mm. in the business of signing anyone i have too many important things to do and i don't want i don't want anyone to think that you know they hand me their demo that i'm going to change their life i'm not going to change their life I'm too busy paying my phone bill you know trying to you know booking this so that i can live so that right. hurricane goes on so i can pay everyone in hurricane i just saw what i paid out for the year god yeah the biz the biz the biz and uh who you hot on these days and not just who you've got signed let's talk about who's who you've got signed and you're promoting and booking for and that you're really hot but uh um I love pick theater Crispin introduced me to Jen and I they have just completely blown my mind for a young three piece and I never say young because it doesn't matter they're just a good band yeah. but I've heard uh, them. the the three piece they sound so much fuller than a three piece like I just can't they're they're fat with sound and and when I told Nicole that she's like oh dude thanks I'm like why is that a compliment she goes oh yeah for a three piece you want to sound full yeah, and then <laughs> they, you know, I was the three-piece gig. It's a tough gig, but it's also an amazing gig because, like, that band right now, I can book them everywhere. It's like, you, you know, you can make way less money and do way more because of that. Why? Because there's, um, A, there's less mouths to feed. You know, you need one room. You need one vehicle. You need oh. so little infrastructure to create something, oh. you know, and – um that's Even between a four or five piece, so then it gets well, more complicated. Yeah, once you start getting a five, it can be tricky. You know, you you do need a bigger vehicle. You need some extra things, or it just depends. Like what kind of people you are. Some bands camp. Those bands are smart. I'm, it's not me. At, at a big festival, if they say, "Can you camp?" I say, "No." <laughs> There's probably people in the band who would. I'm not that man. Oh, I remember Fire Lane 11A, man. Not if you weren't camping, it sure was looking like some of the guys were. Oh, was remember that a, that's Star? Yeah. Well, well, I luckily lived down the street from fire, that Fire Lane. <laughs> so that was not an issue for me. Actually, I think I was in Boston at that time, and I think Cooper was drumming. But wow. that's, yeah, that's the art. And Vegas Funeral, I just, I generally just have, you know, Hurricane's my main thing, and I run... Uh, I'm not putting out anyone else's records. I'll just do agency work for them so people can hire me, things like that. If I have the time, you know, a lot of times I just say, you know, call me if you get stuck. If you can't do something, or right now I'll do festival outreach because this is the time of year where people need to apply to fests and they just don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's fair. It's hard. It sucks. You know, it's like a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I just spent so a lot of time with the band last week just getting all of their assets together so it looks like something they're like i got this stuff i don't know what to do so we made it work and that's good and so you know and katie got it's good i think you know we got her hopefully a, um an audition at mariposa and some some other stuff and i'm going to folk alliance i got a scholarship today i found out for folk alliance so i'll be uh for agent work it's like a big giant like uh industry event for folk artists in montreal in february so i'm going there so that's nice cool that's g cracking his knuckles on the facebook feed if you if if you need them you're standing right beside the mic <laughs> crapping on my uh my personal support over here um as dano takes his 
one of his final sh- sips of grosh. Um, dude, uh, I uh, that one time we met out front of my office uh, in the Lake Street Mall. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Entertainment Plaza. You're coming out of Tim's. I started drinking coffee, by the way, um, after twenty some odd years off of it, and um, quite enjoying it. But uh, you tell, I, th- I think you were coming up on a year. Sobriety oh, sober. Or yeah. yeah. Jeez, and then, uh, you know, that that's a private struggle, I think. And I don't know if you started it that way when you when you decide to quit, but you've been o- pretty open about it since. And I think that's such a, especially for a man. I know it sounds sexist, but especially for a man to m- make himself or avail himself to the vulnerability of like, hey. I was fucked up. I was in a bad place, and and uh, and uh, I'm winning now. And so maybe when you you first quit, you don't want to tell anyone. I don't know. Maybe you need the whole community to know because you need them to keep you accountable. But yeah, it's it's Park Avenue or Park Bench. It doesn't care, right? It doesn't care who you are. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's a uh, it is a tough game. It is a tough game. And when I got sober, I, I had to for my health, for the fact that I had, uh, I remember I had, for the first four months, my daughter was alive. I was still drinking like excessively hard. And I, you know, and I had not felt any real big connection. And then like one day I came in the room and she's like, he's here, sweet, he's here. And I was like, oh my God, you need to get this together. And I remember that weekend I was in New Hampshire. I, almost, I was almost actually in an accident that almost killed me and someone else. And I had, uh, realized that that was it that was that i remember saying to fraser who was the bass player that uh i'm done and he had just said okay you know kind of like you know your words are worthless and that and really? that be, be and you know that's you felt that right at the time and that's what i felt like and i understood i like i understand why my words are worthless to you of course they are you know any true addict is probably a liar to get what they need and um I, yeah i got uh, i got sober and I, I was going to keep it to myself. And then I realized that, you know, I, I made one post, but I think it was six months sober or something. And uh, the people were starting to come. They, they needed help, too. And I would at first I would tell them, uh, I, I don't I'm holding on by a thread. Like, I don't know. I was mad. I was mad that I was sober. You know, it's like, why can you drink and I can't drink now? I don't care at all. Now it's like, okay, well, you know, I can understand there's times when I need to remove myself from a situation because it's tough. Like, it's usually it's it's 90, 95% of the time it's great, but every once in a while. Tough to say no, you mean? Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes, you know what I find is hard? It's like the times when you're supposed to drink. Like, um, in celebration? Yeah, like, you know, like Christmas, you know, like people have some drinks oh, or, have or a shot new, with us. Or New Year's or St. Pat's or whatever. Like, parts where, like, you know, like if you saw someone drunk, it wouldn't be weird. If you're, you know, like a right. festival downtown, you know, then you're all ripped up. Well, it wouldn't be that weird. It's like everyone's partying. Um, but the one I really miss is I just miss like there's like just like a general camaraderie to like having a beer on like a Sunday afternoon. But, you know, you lose some friends that way because like there are some people you realize you only have a relationship with because there's drinking involved. And it's no one's fault. They, you just you don't know how to like deal with it. And that's okay. And um, I, I'm okay being sober. I I like it. It's it's different. I I feel like I've helped a lot of people. I let you know I, I can't help them all. You know my mm. job my not my job is not to save people. My job is to deliver the message, and I will deliver the message. And I, uh, 
I have work to do. I have account, you know, I got to keep myself accountable. It's not, yeah, it's not easy. It's not, it's, I, I, anytime I hear someone is trying to get sober, I think, geez, you know, you gotta, you gotta, it's going to be a road, but you know, it might be, might be a better road for me. It was a better road for me. It's, it's, it seemed to work out. I like it. I like that whenever I'm in at night, it's like nine o'clock. I'm not thinking I got to go. I got to get out. For what reason? So was it out? What was your main vice? Yeah, booze. Yeah, yeah, booze was like. I, I did some drugs too, but that wasn't really my deal. But yeah, booze. Love booze. And it's great because it's like it's everywhere and it's easy. And it, and the other thing was, as a musician, I never really paid for booze. You know, it's like on the house or, you know, it's really cheap. And I was playing like these house gigs and, you know, I never drank to drive. I wasn't that guy. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, this was good. But then. You know, the pursuit, that's a lot. There's, like, a lot of pursuing and a lot of recovering. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm happy to be past that. I'm I'm not sad that I drank how I drank. Like, I'm just, I'm not sad that I drank. I'm just glad that it's done. Mm. You know, you had to, like, there was a time when I was like, this is a problem. And right. people, but people are going to have to talk, you know, people are talking to me, whether it's band leaders or friends. And... And then I, I started, because at first you're really, you're like emotional. I don't like really being emotional. But, you know, you're emotional that they would talk to you about your problem. And then you start to realize that, man, they probably don't want to have this talk. They're probably dreading having this talk with me. And it must be that important that they're having this talk with me. And so, yeah, I remember detoxing out and, you know, it uh, that was a rough time. I look back on now and kind of laugh and just say, oh, geez, you know, I didn't know what I was in for. You know, I didn't know what it was like a 90 day. It was real bad news <laughs> for about 90 days. And then like, like, like one day it was just like a little bit of light came in. And I was like, you know, maybe I should go do something. And then I started realizing that, you know, for years, all you've been doing is thinking about yourself. Now it's time to help some people, whether you, whether they have anything to give you or not. And, you know, I... I, I try to do that, you know, whether it's drinking or whether it's giving someone a ride somewhere or doing something or, you know, I think musically it's usually the thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you want a consult, yeah, it's going to cost you a few bucks. But if you want to, like, just talk, it's just, just grab a cup of coffee and shoot the shit. So the alcohol was the actual issue. It wasn't so much the gateway into because, you know, I, I know so many people that quit alcohol because it puts them in a very bad decision-making place and then it leads to more of a party that could go on for days and without the alcohol that bad decision just doesn't get made so they quit the alcohol because of the path it leads them to but you just struggle with the the free booze and the (laughs) the everyday drinker oh yeah and i you know whether you're performing or not you drink at home yeah i remember it being like 9 a.m in vegas and drinking and i'm like oh my god you know and because you're one of the things is that you don't know about tour because tour gives gets this amazing light you know people think tour is glorious tour is a lot of like continental breakfasts and a lot of like being fucking tired and being lonely and missing someone and missing and and when i say missing someone it could be your significant other but it can be like you see oh theater christmas having that 10th anniversary show i would like to go to that i can't or there's a lot going on and you do it because you believe it's important but it is not sometimes it can it's better now these days it's much better for us but there's still like 
well, if we're going to do this, it's 11 hours. Or you're going to drive home from Halifax. I don't see Jess there. But, uh, you know, there's all those things. And, you know, we're lucky because we're, like, flying and doing things more. And it's great. But it's not always that way. And that's that's another reason, like, people drink. Because they're like, man, you know, my kid's at home. Or my girlfriend's at home. Or you're worrying. Or you're just like, man, I'm missing another birthday. Another birthday. Because this show is great. And I have to do this show. And it's important. But it's also in Alberta. So if I'm going to go to Alberta, I'm going to at least, I'm missing at least a week and a half. I'm missing two weeks. You know, and yeah, it's just like a lot. So that's all. That's what I kind of, I think that had a, a big part of it for me. You know, it's like, I'm in a different country. Awesome. I'm playing drums for a living. I'm getting paid a ton of loot. Time to party. Mm-hmm. You do much uh, mentoring in that department, the sobriety coach ever? Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I I don't want to be anyone's sponsor, but I, uh, sure. I get a lot of people who message me, and that's why every year I make an announcement. And I had a friend of mine. On your anniversary of sobriety? Yeah. yeah, on September 21st every year I do. Oh, and before my birthday. There you go. And my a good friend of mine who will remain nameless, he he was the partier of partiers. When I was a kid, we like learned to party from him. He was wild. He toured for years, did all this crazy shit. And he got sober, and... I was much more heavy-handed than I've ever been with someone in terms of telling them to announce that. And I said, the reason is, I think you should say something, is that if you can do it, and I said, you are like the poster boy. You are known as a drinker. If you show that you're a year sober, that you have gotten healthy, that you have put your life together again, when things were going, like the world could see it was not going to be like that said i think i think it's a good move and he did and i don't know if people ever reach out to him but maybe they do and again it's not all the time but sometimes like i just like bang get a message from someone a friend request you accept and someone says hey man i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm gonna like lose my kids if i don't smarten up why am i still doing this i'm like well because you don't have control anymore that's it man that's why like i get that you know so Kirby got uh, sober on the same day. He says, "Weird." Get out of here. Yeah, September twenty-first, same day I got sober. I wonder how long it's been for him. Thanks for hanging in, K Flip. Wow, um, good for him. Congratulations, John. That's awesome. It's it's yeah. it's an art. And I think you know what's awesome is I have a lot of friends who are like, "Do you mind if I drink drink?" No, I don't mind at all. In Most fact, of them, I insist. Don't be different. Don't treat yeah, me special. Yeah. Don't as, stop having as fun long as in you don't presence. get on my case. I yeah. think the funniest one was I was at. Um, I was at the merch like last year and I, you know, I never go there anymore because, you know, again, you just stick out of those spots. And there was, that was your drinking place. eh? Yeah. It was one of my watering holes. And this guy was talking about how he's like, come on, you're just have a drink. You're way behind the bartender who I know just said, you don't know Dano. If you really knew him, you'd know you're way behind. (laughs) You got some catching up to do. And I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh yeah, man, I just. I can't I can't be bullied into it. And people still bring shots up on stage and I like, you know, you know cheers yeah. and I like put it down beside the high ad stand and then I somebody else will get it. I like push it over to Cooper and he's happy to have it. <laughs> you know, Coop will take care Coop. of it. You know, Coop's Love Coop's Coop. young, you know, he needs loot. He's happy to he'll take that shot. That's what I always do too. I get the drink tickets and I I always laugh because everyone knows that I get drink tickets too. You know, we get this like big roll and I hand them out and at the end of the night guys are kinda like see them they kinda like you got any tickets? Hey, uh, hey, Dano, you, uh, 
Then you take a slice. And so I'm, so I'm always like, well, I don't know. See that big hardware box hasn't gone out to the trailer yet. <laughs> Could have something if, uh, to do with you. If I move your box, can, uh, can I have those two tickets? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's great. I like it, too. I buy beers for people. You know, hey, you want a drink? I mean, mm. it's uh, – I think I think that's wonderful. Yeah. You, were you a cigarette smoker as nope. well? Nope. Had two smokes in my life. Okay. One menthol, one regular. Neither worked for me. Yeah, good. Especially the menthol. And so how many uh, – how many – Okay, first of all, when did you announce that you were quitting drinking? Did you do it for day one, or did you keep it a secret until you I, had a few I, months under your belt? I was, um, I was like horribly depressed. Like, I, I think after I detoxed, I was like, I remember I was like, kind of like a blubbering. Ninety fool. days. I had, yeah, it's some like I couldn't control my emotions. All these crazy things happen when you get like r- sober from like that kind of addiction, and um, I, I was super emotional. I was just like tearing up all the time. It was really awful, and. Um, and then I hit like this crazy depression. And then I think as I came out of that, I uh, I was like, I think, I think I can say something now. You know, are you prone I, to depression? No, and I'm so not. This was new, and how long did that last? It was a, it was a month long. It was about or a month after or, the month or two. Days? No, no, it was, it was during that time. But okay. it was about a month or two long. I'm not prone to that at all. I have obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a bit of a pain, which can also explain to people why I'm always doing mm-hmm. because I don't I don't. I run faster than everyone else. Just naturally. Some people can't focus. I over-focus. Really? And uh, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's, uh, yeah, so I'm not depressed. I'm just like, I'm like the opposite. You know, I'm just like, I'm like manic. manic Let's yeah. do something. It's like in the studio. The the recording engineers had a good laugh. Because anyone who goes in the studio knows that you hear this a lot. All right, guys, uh, come in. Let's take a listen. And when we go in and listen, I'd listen once, say, okay, like, let's not pat ourselves on the back here. Let's go do this right and move on. And that's the reason, like, when we had 20, when you have 25 musicians, nine songs, people coming in and out and hard schedule, that's why I'm like, someone's like, are you producing this record? I'm like, well, producing in the sense that I say, yeah, it's good enough. And let's, let's move on. You know, I don't have any brilliant musical ideas. I'm not necessarily bringing the best take out of everyone i don't i can't do that there's a lot better musicians in this band than me a lot better but i'm pretty good at saying like that is good enough because you can get in your head in a studio a studio you'll convince yourself that uh that maybe this tone no you sound awesome that was great let's move on mm-hmm. that's that's hard telling people it's good we're going we're moving now you know no don't be left behind you got this you know, and um, I think we have a new tune called Mr. Holland's Locust. It was the only one that took a while to record because really? it's like so weird. But other than that, everything was like bang, bang, bang. Even uh, she died before seeing the Hollywood sign, which is the very last tune, Hollywood. And uh, <laughs> titles are up. Yeah, well, it's just called Hollywood. It was originally oh, had okay. that big long title. <laughs> uh, but Mr. Holland's Locust, I made sure to keep that title. And, but Hollywood was really like it was so weird and conceptual that I was like it, I was surprised it was so quick. So that's good. Yeah. Now, uh, why is it Bergsma and you had the same like you're gonna love this album? What's the expectation you've built around my fandom? That's it's not it, just you, Jim. It, I honestly yeah. have never 
like I hear Hurricane Records, I'm like, ah, there is a good piece. Oh. There is a nice piece to that puzzle. And on, is this what you want? It was just, we had to do so much post work. There okay. was tuning issues. There was a lot of things. And it just, to me, didn't totally sound like Hurricane. This, I listened to it. And like, and you'll also notice Jacob, he's like screaming for one tune. Everything else he's talking about, he's got like this kind of candor. It's like his voice is a lot lower. Things have Sylvie's on every tune. The production value is the highest we've ever had. And then you it's had a lot of experience per, uh, performing these shows live too. Yeah, all these ones, with the exception of the last two tunes on the record, we were, we had basically wrote in the studio. So okay. seven of the tunes we've been like banging out. Banging. Some of them, some of them for two years. Some of them like over like maybe the last month or two. And so that's why you figure it sounds like you actually guys do live because you perform them so much before you went into the studio. I, went, I wish I could just explain it better, but <laughs> none of us can. It's just like we all just feel really like, oh shit, it sounds like us. Like it really wow. sounds like you know when you hear like a song on the radio and that quality to hear it back like even after mastering because mastering like compresses the hell out of everything just be like holy shit I guess we are putting this on vinyl it sounds that good oh I can't wait man no it's coming I'm a don't huge worry fan of I vinyl. cannot not do vinyl I I'll get mugged at the table yeah I oh man have you got everything on vinyl no we don't oh. have any oh, vinyl oh, okay. that's why in every they single show it this time oh okay oh i'm telling you someone's gonna yeah, stab every, me in the kidney every, if i don't everyone's heard my complaints about vinyl but what, what's the problem with my my turntable the preamp level that it goes out through my phono jack is just so it's wow. like it's way lower than all my other inputs and my amp has to work way too hard to get Proper know, probably because it's from like 1971. It is. Jim. It's a. It's an R461. That ten years older than me. That's an R461 Kyocera, uh, 50 watt side amp with 3 dB headroom. When we used to actually include headroom in amps, and so it sounds more like 120 watts aside. It's uh, it. Uh, decimal zero zero eight THD or something like that. But I don't I know will what fix that, that means. thing over and over and over and over. Kyocera is an industrial ceramics company. Well, it used to be, and they had this one series of really high-end audiophile stuff and then they got out of the business and i worked at a place and we bought a bunch of them and oh man i spread that r461 around to so many it's an integrated amplifier but it just absolutely gorgeous but i'm wondering if there's a like a preamp adjustment for and that's an old luxman turntable too but i just can't get the volume out of it you know and my if you crank it up so much then your distortion goes your heat starts to you know what Max, you, you for the amp's capacity, but you know what you could always do, just like get it on Spotify, or just like buy a CD for Christ's sake and stop. Oh, I thing. love that vinyl. Man. I like vinyl too, but I know the shit's quieter. I, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna pretend to understand the subtle nuances that you <laughs> clearly understand, but uh, yeah, it's it's quieter. Like the there you go. It. There's my professional input on <laughs> this. Dano, I really appreciate the time. What didn't we touch on today that uh, we should? Off. But uh, I, I want to get you out of here on time. Just or, uh, uh, yeah, no, an hour and forty-six minutes, kind of. What time do we start? Thanks, G, for running the controls. I don't know, and, man. I uh, think that um, I don't think I have much to say other than it's good. This stuff is good, you know. And uh, I think it's good that you're doing this, and we gotta just keep shining the light on people. That's it. And we got to keep encouraging people like everyone who comes in to if you do believe in your music, go 
outside get outside this comfort zone because when you play your hometown there's your aunts there and your friends from work and stuff like that and it's a and there's nothing wrong with your hometown it's great you need that show you need a win good i get that mm. but you need to go and if it's a loss otherwise why is it a loss and what do you need to change and what do you need to do how do you build it that's how you learn I only know people are just like, oh, I wish I knew all the stuff you knew. I'm like, oh, I only know because I'm a chronic failer because I do things a lot. And if they fail, I don't I don't get angry. But I figure out, well, what, what did I do wrong? You know, why does Winnipeg hate me? <laughs> you know, like so the, that sort of thing. What do I have to do? I got to talk to people. I got to talk to promoters. Is is there different nights I should be here on? Who, where should I be playing? Is there a festival I can play first that maybe more people would see us? Is there a better place to, a uh, better time of year? Is there a better place to play? That's it. You know, you got to do that sort of work. And I have such huge respect for anyone who gets out and goes. Mm. Who gets out and goes and lives off continental breakfast and the that terrible coffee you can make in your hotel room. You mm. know, it tastes like it was filtered through a sock. You know, it's like... Uh, that there's an art to that and i and i can understand that it's not as simple as saying just just go like i get that there's life and there's things but a lot of times the biggest thing standing between you and going is your brain stop that your brain is like a bad neighborhood get the hell out of there wow true words um yeah i really uh, appreciate you acknowledging that and rock our towns become something that uh, you know i'm uh again for the love of it you know i didn't want the footage to just go away it got shelved after keith bellamy was a yeah, you know the founder um, i remember doing an interview much I've like got, this i've got it at all his house. it's it's running on uh well not maybe that interview but a lot of that stuff is back on the youtube channel and stuff like that so you know never um it's been it's coming up on eight months or something like that i didn't buy this uh, the, the assets with the thought like oh this is gonna be what's gonna make me all the money it's been running ad-free donation. I haven't had one donation yet. I just tweeted for the first time yesterday. Hey, yeah, we got this thing going. And oh, by the way, if you want to shoot us five bucks, it'd help because there's monthly costs and stuff like that. So uh, Burger nicknamed me the Praise Master because I unknowingly like shower love on artists that actually it turns out they need to hear it. You know, because they're not hearing it because that voice tells them they're not enough or they suck so much. And it's just naturally who I am as far as saying, hey, way to go you made a difference for me your music means something to me so that's great to see that you know you mentioned encouraging people is something that's really important to you because uh yeah it's you can focus on andy petrowski and all the bad things all you want mm. but you know the truth is there's like there's light in this town mm. there's 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 things happening and you know i go to mate and i see people coming up with ideas people going to jams going to writing things i saw this thing that g did the other day this jam with sippas and i thought i was listening to it and i was yeah. like this is really great yeah you know this could be a band or there's all sorts of great stuff happening i love it even if i don't get it i'm going to this is my goal this week check this out this is like crazy for me i never go to music on thursday i'm going to go see the legendary clopax which blows my mind that i'm going to see them again friday i'm going to go see strange shakes Saturday, I'm going to the Weather Wilds show. And Sunday, I'm going to go see Everett Champion play. I'm going to go like four. He's at Warehouse. Three of those shows are at Warehouse. I go to Warehouse like three times a year, and I'm usually playing it. And I'm going. 
and I saw Katie Gatta last month. I'm trying to, while I'm home for this very small time, I want to go out and I want to be some support because there's like. Well, you know how much that means to people. Well, and there's even some the fans of yours that see you in the house are like, oh, cool, Dano's here supporting whoever. You or know, maybe they awesome. don't care and it's a body yeah. and yeah. it's someone who paid cover. And no, they care. For sure and they so, do. And I think that it, there's, you know, like I'm not going out because they, they'll think that it's anything important that I'm there because I don't. But I think it's just great because there's like a body there. It's a paying person who's in checking out the show, seeing stuff. I love that. Yeah. It's great. You got any shows? Uh, I, I saw that USS every time they play. What's the one in Niagara Falls, New York? Rapids Theater? Oh, Rapids Theater, yeah. So every time USS plays a show there, uh, Jason does a uh, a DJ set afterwards. Now, he doesn't do that anywhere else on the road, apparently. It's just at the Rapids, and it's become this little secret. Like, there's going to be a session, of, you know, where he DJs after a dance party. Is anything? Have you got any special spots that you do something unique every time at, or no? You know, all traditions. Ev- every place is. There's usually a party. We play this little tiny cafe, neat cafe near Ottawa, and it's very. It's only holds a hundred people, and it's an expensive. <laughs> you guys, the band a, takes up half the bar. Well, or it's an expensive ticket too, but we still keep coming back to it. What's the most you got for a ticket? That people pay? Yeah, Every, I don't know. Like not at festivals because festivals are obviously very expensive. But I think like a hard ticket, like forty or forty-five bucks, something wow. like that. Good. And and we don't even like that. I prefer not. But I understand at a place like that, people are coming to do something interesting, and they know that ninety-six other people can only be there. And do you think and, they're coming there because they're like, I was there when? I think they come. Like I saw July Talk there. I remember, and I saw White Horse there, and uh, you know because it's an it's a different show. You know, we might be more inclined to pull out some slower stuff. We might be inclined to pull out some stuff we don't normally do. Maybe let Jacob ramble on a little bit longer. <laughs> you know, he he has that ability. If you no, didn't, if you really? didn't, if you didn't know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we used to have this tune called "Where's Sly." It was a cover song, but we would just let him ramble on about this. I I, I don't even remember what it was, but I think they're like a homeless person. Like I think they were like a fictional. And he had this whole story. And uh, so sometimes in those instances, we'll let those things happen. But we don't have anything like um, where there's an underground trumpet session happening <laughs> later, you know. I mean, maybe there is, and I'm just not invited. Not, not impossible. <laughs> they want to leave the boss back at the hotel. Sweet, my brother. I appreciate the time. It's very cool yeah. getting out of here on time, seven minutes early. But you did say I knew you could carry two hours. Just so you know, Jacob, you did not carry two hours. But we did have Frank, and he was getting tired, and he was running around banging on some drums. I was thinking of bringing my daughter just, uh, just because I thought it would be really funny, but she she is in grade school. And that's, yeah, that's and so upon. cute. Thanks for posting that video, and I was really happy to see that I could share it. Uh, so I took my uh, liberties and shared it. I saw that it, I didn't want to be creepy, but I saw it had a, another share. So um, it's uh, extra cute. Yeah, it's, it's super. Oh, I just uh, she's adorable. But your face, and then right at the end with the eye roll that gets frozen in the oh yeah, yeah no she's uh, she's my sidekick. That Hi, one. mommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm like yeah. I had to hear it three times to hear what she was saying, but. This is great. This is uh so thanks for that, right. brother, and thanks for your time. And uh, I what um right. I guess w- when are you going to launch the new uh, tour dates and stuff like that? Uh, tour dates are just rolling out. 
And so are uh, you announcing them as they come in, or are you going to wait? No, until we get... have we already have almost fifty. So okay. we just have to kind of like roll them out. Like certain festivals are announced. We, we just announced Mariposa, and today we announced Robson Valley Festival in BC. And so we'll just keep rolling some of those bigger ones out, and then there will be like a bigger blast of like venues. And then at some point there will be an album announcement. You know, as that all infrastructure all gets into place. Cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that, man. I'm really stoked and I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. Um, I'm. Um, I'm happy that I was early to the party. And, Do uh, I get a, a monogram Jim Fannin towel here? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll discuss that in future sessions maybe. But uh, thanks for your vulnerability, for being open about uh, all the things. And, you know, my hope is in uh, and for acknowledging, you know, the focusing on the artist is important. And uh, G and I did a deep dive. I did like what I just called an air check for lack of a better term and that's what they call in the radio business when you're when your program director listens to your show with you and tells you what sucks and what was good mm-hmm. um we did for lack of a better term an air check on uh his last album and so it played in the background and we just discussed every tune as it went by like i love the idea that you know there's a deeper look into the music with the people that wrote it and well, let's uh, let's have one of those after you've had like a month or two with the record. Yeah. Bergs and I can come back in and give our two cents. And maybe what I'd like to do, uh, I, I talked to Bergsman a little bit about this last time, but as the album aged, it seemed inappropriate. But I think I'd like to attempt a review because I'm such a fan and I have stuff to like I have the lyrics. I have the whole library. Well, I'm not so big on uh check the barometer because i don't have a copy of it i don't, I don't have think, to i don't think i have a copy of it um <laughs> and uh so yeah no i appreciate that but i think i'm going to attempt a review because of my bias number one and so it'll be mostly positive obviously because i'm a huge fan but then i've got the everything to compare it to these yep. previous albums that i'm also in love with but uh yeah uh, i think it's important to let you know yeah man i mean uh cash and dead man's check it doesn't matter what album it was man it stayed in my deck for a long time and right. it meant a lot to me till i have to shelve it because i'm so tired of it and then <clears throat> it's like pulling uh, not that you pull an old lover off the shelf but it is an old lover it's you fell in love with this album you were on it for months and then you had to okay i'm done with that and then when you bring it back you're like oh i remember how much i miss this now man so it's uh i love how it goes in and out and you heard it here <laughs> Jim Fannin's old lover. Cashing a dead man's check. <laughs> Back in the rotation. Okay, we're going to put this up on rockertown.ca later. Uh, and you can check out some all Niagara music there as well. You know where to find Dano online. Uh, check My Son the Hurricane out. Uh, documentary. I'm pumped about that, man. When uh, I guess we just stay tuned to you when it's. Yeah, end of December. Really? To watch it? That's the plan. It's coming out. Christmas present, just like Leonard Kenny. Share it around. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, G, for helping out. And if you could sign us off, that'd be great. Peace.